0: Hi, everyone. This is Community Soulful. And today we're here with Holly Terry. She's the author. And um, what we're going to talk about is how we can embrace power boundaries and exactly what they are. Her book here is called Power Boundaries, Own Your Energy and Ditch Toxic Relationships. So Holly, today, let's start off with what are power boundaries?
1: Boundaries are limits that you create for yourself. They're about you and they're from you and they're limits on how close you will let an influence, either a person or a specific behavior, get to you before you are going to take some sort of action to create distance from it. And power boundaries are those boundaries that are most important to your true self. Those boundaries where if you don't set them, it really creates a level of toxicity in your body and in your life that drains all of your energy away.
0: That sounds fair. That sounds fair. And I mean, I know that, um, when you're talking about draining your energy and setting those boundaries, that that's a huge part of your book. So could you go more into detail about how you describe and discuss your book and and the things that are in it?
1: Sure. The book is about my personal life and my personal journey through these toxic relationships. I found myself in a place where I was feeling mistreated in work, in my marriage, Um, in some of my social relationships and family relationships and went through a process of really examining those things and working very closely with a therapist to get clear on how these influences were affecting me and what kind of choices I had in my life and went through a few years of really intense detoxification of relationships. I was involved in a Um, public effort to expel an elected official from office. I was a lobbyist and um, accused him publicly of sexual harassment along with other women working at the Capitol and really cleared up what was a toxic work environment for me and completely remodeled my marriage, um, which included uh, times of being separated from my husband, even remodeled my home. I have a a, an apartment in my basement where I can work and have space and, and where my husband and son and I have continued to work on our bad patterns and move into a healthier place and just generally resetting a lot of my relationships. and the book really outlines the process by which I did it. and I use this acronym called Shiro. Um, the S is slow down so you can hear your true self. The H is harness the wisdom of your patterns. E is execute boundaries to protect your energy. That one's the business. That one's like, that's the one where you're really having the hard conversations. The R is recreate and attract relationships you want. You know, boundaries are not just about pushing things away. They're about what you let in and create all around you in that warm bubble of protection that boundaries create. And then the O in the Shiro is own your energy and march on your own path. It's about really capturing and directing the energy that you've earned by protecting it with boundaries to get your work done and your relationships expanded and your light shining out into the world.
0: I love that. I love that. And I also see on your website that... um, you wrote, when you start making and enforcing the rules about how you are treated, the drain of resentment and overwhelm will give you the way to clarity about what you want and the energy to pursue it. And I really um, like how you bring up um, it guides you as an intentional process to claim the spot as the CEO of your life. Because the other day I just read this quote, and it and you remind me so much of it. And it's it said, you are the CEO of your life. So hire and fire accordingly. Yes. Um, And I think that Shiro right there is really like, wow, the CEO wrote it out perfectly. Um, And and I do find that absolutely amazing that you came up with that acronym and it is so powerful and it's a great process to have. And it's amazing that you're talking about all these things that you've already done. Um, But I do know that part of the, the power boundaries is really finding your own meaning. So If someone is reading your book and they're really looking for, they don't know like what their mantra is, what their meaning is, how can this book and you help them find meaning in their own life?
1: That's such a good question. Really the insights and examination of self always starts with slowing down and tuning in. Um, there are lots of ways that people can do that and none of them are magic. They are all the things, the foundational you know, pillars of wellness that we all know and hear over and over again. Meditation and journaling and um, safe places and therapy and all of those sorts of things are ways to create opportunities to listen to yourself in your life, um, to have opportunities to listen to yourself in your daily routine, create kind of a a pattern and a habit of slowing down and tuning in and starting to to connect with your truest self. It's very common that people don't know what they want, um, don't know what they like, don't know what they need. In fact, those three questions are the keystone questions in the last step, the O, own your energy. It is work to find out what you like, what you need when you're distressed, what makes you feel better, what you want, what do you wanna do with your weekend? What do you wanna do with your life? These are ponderings that take energy. So that, that boundary step is kind of the prerequisite and finding your meaning comes when you have enough space from the noise, distraction, triggers, um, for, you know, from relationships that you needed to put boundaries around, that you can tune into yourself and start to hear and understand what it is that you really want.
0: So that's a great piece of advice. Just one thing that you had just said, which I'm going to repeat is it all starts with slowing down and tuning in. So looking inward and journaling and figuring things out and, and really finding out, okay, not only what, what do I want to do with my life, but what do I want to do with my weekend? And, and sometimes, you know, I personally overlook that all the time. I'm always thinking about, Oh, what am I going to do next month? And I'm not thinking about a week ahead. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do to get that promotion in six months? But I'm not doing things this week that will set me up for that promotion six months because I'm too busy worrying or I'm too busy thinking ahead and putting myself in the wrong position. But I know that when it comes to journaling, when it comes to putting your thoughts on paper, there's something that you brought up um, in your book, and it's called a joy wall. And I just want to know what inspired the joy wall? What is it? Um, Where is it in your house? and, And why do you find it so useful? I love the joy wall. It's a wall in uh,
1: the master bedroom of my house where it's a photo tile grid of close ups of our faces mine and my husband and my son and my dog's face, you know, outside doing what we do to find joy, which is um, travel and nature. And, you know, traveling has certainly slowed down in the times of COVID. But we like to get outside we like to experience weather that's kind of a fun thing that we do or we'll go outside when it's really windy or rainy or snowing and um and make a big you know event of experiencing the weather we take walks in the dark and full moons and um travel in our camper van to new places and try to get on the water every chance that we get and and throughout the experience of living these joyful moments, we're also in the habit of whipping out our phones and getting a close up of our faces while we're doing it. And by putting that on the wall, uh, we are reliving that initial joy over and over and over again and experiencing the benefits of the joy exponentially.
0: That is just so wonderful. Um, And, and really, that is so nice to know that you just get in your van and you go and you hit the water and you guys all have that in common, that that's something that you enjoy. That's something that you like. I mean, nature is the most incredible thing. And sometimes, you know, here in New York City, I get caught in the busy streets and stuff. But then I uh, get in my car and I drive to certain parts of New Jersey that are more remote, and it makes me realize, like, okay, it's actually a big world. Like, I can slow down somewhere else. Um, so I do like that. And also, when it comes to, you know, I'm talking about a busy world and slowing down and finding yourself in moments like a huge problem that people, that may not have power boundaries go through is they're constantly feeling run over by other people and by life and by events. So when it comes to power boundaries, if someone's trying to get to that point and trying to create a boundary, but they're maybe feeling overwhelmed, um, how can they stand strong and resilient and be happy with where they are? This is so important,
1: and it's exactly who the book is for. That group of people. And, you know, I am a a, a proud member of the community um, who are just kind of surrounded by toxicity. And the most important first step is to realize that it's not your fault To to kind of brush aside that voice in your head that's saying, you know, you're this feeling of being mistreated over and over and over again is it is it really because you're just fundamentally broken in some way and the answer is no the reason that you can find yourself i you know say i, I was swimming in a sea of toxicity is because of patterns and this is a reality a, a, some would say an unfortunate reality of how human brains work they identify the characteristics of the people who raised us in others find that familiar and get closer to it. And so they do it over and over and over again. Meanwhile, the people who raise us have the most power to install these damaging stories. You know, outside of any need to blame anyone, children have experiences that really stick with them and create this outsize effect on the stories that they're telling themselves. So that pattern repeating in the human brain, along with the fact that your human brain is hardwired to find the traits that remind you of those damaging stories over and over and over and over and over over again, and to lean into them is why you end up with the same kind of relationship problems over and over again and the same kind of relationship problems within the same relationship so the book talks in that h step the harness the wisdom of your pa- or the the harness the wisdom of your patterns step about micro patterns and macro patterns those macro patterns are man the same kind of person showing up in my life this person reminds me of this and this person reminds me of that and this person reminds me of this and that and that and that and then the micro patterns are this is the same fight that i have been in with this very important person in my life and it's you know the 10th 12th 13th time and it can go on for decades where you're basically having the same conflict And it's because of patterns. And the more that I learn about human brains and the way that they work, the more I I, I stop taking it so personally, um, move through blame and into solutions. And, you know, that's why I wrote the book precisely for those people who feel like they are just surrounded by toxic relationships and would be served uh, with, you know, relief to learn that it's human brains and patterns and the way that we're wired and it's not
0: your fault i do uh love that point that you had brought uh move through bl- blame and into solutions um and i really am gonna definitely read the book because i want to hear more about that micro and that macro and it's so crazy um how the brain works because i actually started this podcast because um i have a traumatic brain injury and when i lost my ability to do very simple things like at one point i lost my speech i realized that my our brains are essentially a big computer that we don't realize not only not only does it affect your emotions and all of, all of the physical parts of life but it's just so amazing how you can tune in and even figure out okay like i'm attracted to a certain person because they physically look like my father or, or these patterns that you're talking about, like how certain people will always just go for a narcissist because there's just something that's clicked in their brain. Um, I do think that's an actually amazing part. And that that's a huge, uh, point onto why anybody would want to read the book is just to figure out that part. And to really conclude this podcast, my question is gonna be if someone right now is listening, I know although you said a lot about your book and Shiro and and really the how-tos on power boundaries, but if they're struggling to find joy and meaning in their own life, what personally can you tell them as a piece of advice that would be most valuable to them?
1: I think the most important thing to do
0: is is that tune in step and find
1: somewhere to tell your stories. These these stories that impact us um, from as early as you can go. And I think a lot of times we don't necessarily even know why we remember them or we don't even quite remember them. But if you find somewhere that you can start putting details to the things that you think shaped you as early as you can, then you start to get better at seeing your relationships and your interactions in full color and seeing the details and seeing the subtle ways that like, well, wait, that wasn't right. I didn't, I didn't feel listened to, or wait, but I didn't think that my interests were considered there. We're doing what you want to do again, or, you know, whatever the pattern is. Once you start finding a place to tell the stories of your relationships, your journal, therapist friends, um, you can start to see the truth. You can start to unravel roles that you're in that aren't necessarily serving you. And that's really kind of the beginning of pulling the thread and starting to see, oh, I, I don't think I actually feel good after I'm with this person, this, this visit for the weekend is too long, or this isn't a person I want to date anymore, or I need to block this friend from my phone. Those decisions come from that beginning step of tuning in and getting clear on the stories. Tell them to someone, get, see if you can get some specifics behind them and pay attention to how you feel.
0: I love that part. And actually, um, of course, nobody heard us before we were recording, but one thing we were talking about before we started recording is, um, you know, New York City is just crazy. It's all of all these, you know, people and I'm getting and I get yelled at by clients every day. And even when I'm not necessarily doing the right thing, the wrong things. And um, it's just I I love that tune in and get and get clear with everything. Um, Find clarity within yourself and, and think about, okay, do I need to block this friend from my phone? Uh, do want, is the weekend, is spending the weekend too long with you? That's definitely advice that I can absolutely take. Um, I'm sure many of the people listening to the podcast will, will definitely take that as well. Um, but I wanted to thank you so much, Holly, for coming on to the Community Soulful Podcast. And if you don't mind, just as an ending, give us some information on you. Where can we find your book? Where can we find your boot camp? Where can we find your website? Um, Love to know more in case anybody listening would like to reach out.
1: Everything is uh, accessible from hollyterry.com. It's Terry with an A. And the book is on Amazon and Gladly, it is available on IndieBound now, too. I really wanted to make sure that we could support the local bookstore. Um, And I think that's about it for accessing me. But I did want to say to you that just from our brief interactions, you are obviously scrappy and organized and creative and brave for making something and putting it out there. Having just done that, I know that it takes a lot of courage. So I am rooting for you.
0: Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you.